Take me forever to get back to my studio. Oh. Mr. Don, I uh, I can't believe it's Christmas time already. Uh, me neither. It's really quite something. I got to do something about this fade. I'm working on it. See how I, I see how smooth I was at fading that down. I'll tell you, you you're, you're getting better and better. I'm a, you can just call me the fader. The fader. Is that Darth? I, th- I think. I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to like record a track that's like. 30 seconds long and fades out automatically. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to do that every single episode. That's a good idea. What do you think, huh? The one and only Don Medicus, people. Hey. And Merry Back Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, you're supposed to do it again. What? Ho, ho, ho. Yes, there you go. There you go. We love it. I need to get a... <laughs> You'll be my ho, ho, ho laugh track. <laughs> You'll be my ho, ho, ho command prompt track. My ho 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 track, because I don't have one on the episode on, the, on today. So, anyways, how you doing there, Don? I'm hanging in there pretty good. Yeah. Thank God. How's your wife doing? She's doing good too. Okay, I thank the Lord for that. Yeah, yeah. But you got to remember one thing: and, and Jesus is, is the reason for the season. Absolutely, I love that man. In fact, I'm all for it. We love Jesus. That's why we, we celebrate him here. We celebrate his gospel. We're all about his gospel. And it's Christmas time, and I'm actually going to preach a sermon. I got my Bible right in front of me here, friends. Uh, this is our rock that we stand on. Amen. The one and only word of God. And uh, basically, uh, this is something that I, um, this is actually a message. It was a series that I preached uh, several years ago, maybe about three or four years ago. And I, Dawn, I think this is the this is the first time in my life I've ever recycled hmm. a sermon. You know that? Well, see, you're supposed to recycle. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but not with it sermons. Ha- oh, okay. Yes. I mean, you know, that's not entirely true. If I've ever had a special speaking engagement, typically what pastors do if they're, you know, if you're having a special speaking engagement is you have a file folder with sermons that are sort of ready to go mm-hmm. that you've preached in the past that were winners. Yeah. You know, and uh, ones that people didn't fall asleep. Yeah. To. Ones that people didn't fall asleep to. And my, you know, I always just preach louder when people <laughs> say, if I, you know, I, I got to chain you to the chair, but I know. You know, back in my... Uh, my wife misses me. Yeah, it's okay. She'll be all right. Uh, so, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, so I, I've never been real big on recycling sermons, uh, mainly because um, I just enjoy the process of crafting a sermon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like my creative side or whatever. I just enjoy exploring new things in God's Word. I always feel like I should be teaching people new things, so, you know... Um, you know, if, if you're out there and you have a perception of, of a pastor, maybe you're, don't, first of all, don't be so judgmental about your pastor. Amen. <laughs> we don't always, we work hard at what we do. But they're only human beings. Yes, absolutely. They are only human beings, 100%. And, uh, and sometimes they do recycle. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's good to recycle, right, Don? But, uh, but I wasn't one, I, I've just never been a recycler, except for today. See, there I, you go. I'm, <laughs> you can never say that again. I can never, and you're, I know, you're always going to bring me back. That's right. To this time that I recycle. It's Christmas time, so That's cut right. me some slack. Here's the, here's the reason, actually. Because I just felt like this was such an impactful message. It's not because I didn't have anything else to preach. It's because it really fits into what we've been preaching a lot about this year. And I thought this is a great sort of bow tie on the year. Um, I preached a whole lot of new series, a lot of new messages this year. Mean Jesus. Mm-hmm. I never heard a sermon series called Mean Jesus, but have you done? No. Only uh, here have I heard it. Only here, right? And I preached a sermon series called Get Real. Uh, I traveled to the Middle East and exposed my son to grave uh, in glorious danger. Um, but it was worth it. But it was so worth it. And so basically I just felt like, I felt like when we're, we spent a lot of time this year talking about Jesus, mean Jesus, get real with Jesus, the real Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, kind of getting to know him. We talked about, uh, I did a whole sermon series on evolution and how that's a bunch of, excuse me, it's crap. <laughs> no, um, it's beep. <laughs> I do it. I think I got a. There, it is. there you go. Uh, so, you know, just about being real. And so I felt like, let's put a bow tie on this for Christmas. This is your Christmas present for me, the real Jesus. And I preached this. This was actually a three-part sermon series, so I'm going to condense it literally into a 20-minute message for you right now. Um, and it's it's focusing on three different characters. Uh, in fact, it was so impactful for me to study that... Uh, I, I don't. I just remember. I remember this. I remember each sermon. I remember what I oh, preached wow. on, um, for that three-part sermon series, and it's it's centering on three three different collisions, three different people uh, and or personalities that collided, so to speak, with mm-hmm. Jesus. So so the graphic that I used for this sermon series was a uh, it was a, a little um, bulb that you have on your Christmas tree colliding with another bulb and shattering. It was like a little graphic of that. Mm-hmm. Christmas collisions. What do you think, Don? You think that was a good... Uh, I think that was impactful. Yeah, it was uh, It was impactful, impactful for the bulb. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 any any guess as to who these three um, 
occurrences, uh, these the, um, uh, these three interactions are going to be with here? I was trying to think of it while you were talking. Yeah, I mean, who, who was impacted by the coming of Christ at Christmas time? Well, a lot of people were impacted. I was. Yeah, you were. <laughs> In the Bible, who was impacted? Who do, you, who do you think it hit the most? Who 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 did it hit the hardest? The Jewish people, for one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but let's let's just Bible characters. You know, Bible Bible characters. Any any in particular people? Uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh. Not, not Pharaoh, but we're we talking Moses, or are we talking Jesus? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moses did represent Jesus. Uh, yeah. How about uh, how about how about King Herod? That's who I meant. I mean, he, he collided with Jesus, Definitely. with the baby Jesus, didn't he? Yep. How about uh, three wise guys? The three wise guys. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of lump them all together. The the three wise guys and Herod, because that was kind of the same. Who's uh, the third? Well, we're gonna lump those two together. The wise men and Herod. I'm gonna read that first. That's where I'm gonna start. Matthew chapter two. Uh, then we're gonna jump into the. Uh, we're going to jump into the shepherds. Remember those, oh, remember yeah, those shepherds? They were, just, they were just minding their business. And they had a little collision course coming, you know. Oh, yeah. They got scared a little bit by yeah. some angelic beings. And, and that may be most of all. Who, who do you think it impacted most of all? Uh, I honestly don't. You mean one person? Yeah, one person. I mean, I you, don't know. Who do you think it maybe hit like a ton of bricks a little bit? Oh, come on. Come on, Don. I honestly can't think of anybody. Not the Virgin Mary. Oh, I wouldn't even have thought of her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you're you're going to have a child, and you're a virgin, and you're betrothed. Yeah, and what I mean, about Joseph? Yeah, and Joseph. And wanted to put her put her away yeah. because of that fact. So I mean, so basically, this is the point: Christmas collisions. So we talk about sweet baby Jesus, manger Jesus. You know, I I spent a great deal of time uh, earlier in the year putting up billboards in the community. And talking about mean Jesus, or what we perceive as mean Jesus. Not that Jesus is really mean. Right. But it's just that Jesus isn't what we expect and often talk about. The real Jesus. No, because he Table stirred everything up. Turning Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, you know, so it's the same thing with Christmas collisions. It's the same concept. It's like, yeah, we talk about, we read these stories, but this sweet little baby that came into the world, he had a little bit of a ripple effect. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, we can look throughout time. Yes, he impacted you. Yes, he impacted me. Yes, he impacted the world right. more than anybody else in human history. But but j just if you just look at the lives that were affected by his coming uh, 2,000 years ago, I mean, it's, it's quite something. So, so we start off with Matthew chapter 2, uh, and this is collision number one. I mean, it's, it's like a Christmas car accident. <laughs> kind of uh collision number one is is uh we're gonna we're gonna go with king herod and, and indirectly we'll read about the magi as well obviously jesus made an impact on them but i would say it was a little more of a collision of a car a christmas car crash that mm -hmm. took place with herod i mean his world was rocked and i'm gonna read that uh, uh episode to you right now matthew chapter two beginning in verse one after jesus was born in bethlehem in judea i, I was there by the way uh, I, I gave you a little. I didn't know you were that word. old. I was, yeah, I was. <laughs> I would think, I would think Jake was on the show right now. Um, so, it, yeah. So I, I gave you a piece of olive, olive wood. That's right, yeah, a little olive wood trinket from Bethlehem. Yes. Uh, so after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, 
Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, these Magi may have been leftovers from Daniel's time that he spent as the chief of, I was going to say musicians, magicians, because <laughs> the word Magi in the Septuagint, uh, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's actually in the, the Old it says that It says that Daniel, the prophet, was the Old Testament prophet Daniel, the one who right. saw the visions. Right. He was put in charge of the Magi, mm-hmm. all the Magi of the kingdom. So why would these Magi have been looking for the star? Because they were trained by Daniel. Right. And the descendants of, excuse me, they weren't. They were trained, they were the descendants of those who were trained by Daniel. True. Right. Uh, part of the Jewish diaspora, which is the Jews living abroad, not living in Jerusalem <laughs> or Judea. Uh, so, yeah, these aren't just like, you know, mystics or... Uh, seers of some kind or psychics or you know tarot uh tarot card readers or or whatever you know but didn't they study the stars didn't they they did yeah in fact there's a um there's a actually a, a passage in the old testament that's translated uh star his his star um and and in the one of the ancient translations it's actually said that that star will be messiah and it, and i think it says we will see Messiah. Not, I think there's an actually trans, an Old Testament translation of it that just has Jesus in there. And I, I, I forgive me, I'm such a bad pastor. I can't remember the exact passage and verse. But uh, yeah, yeah. Because but they weren't mystics. Um, no, no. And, and, you know, so I, I don't want people to get the impression that they were, um, you know, that they were like modern day astrologers. Yeah, but they looked in. I mean, they knew that a Messiah yes. was coming. In fact, um, there's you can actually research this on your own if you're watching this but there the stars do speak of even the way that they're interpreted by um mainly the jews the the jews have their own interpretation of the stars Mm -hmm. and basically the same virgo the virgin giving birth you know the lion like there's different leo like there's different Mm -hmm. the lion of judah right okay so I just want to throw this out there that there, the stars could speak of the coming of Christ at this time. That seems to be what these ma- these magi, these wise men who were probably trained by the descendants of those who were trained by Daniel, um, and it uh, seems to be what they were catching on to, was these scriptural interpretations mm-hmm. coupled with these signs in the heavens, and that led them right to Jesus. Right. They followed the star. There were three stars that came together, right? They came together, I believe. Yeah, that's what they typically think. I think it was like Mars and Jupiter and something. I can't remember. So, uh, this is not an astronomy course. I'm teaching the Bible. I'm sure you can look that up on your own, though. There you go. uh, Yeah, but uh, yes, there was. There was. If if you trace it back, I guess they did kind of merge together right about that time. So, having said all of that, uh, it says when King Herod heard this in verse three. He was disturbed. Car crash. Car crash. He was disturbed. King Herod. Yes, thank you. He was disturbed. So Herod's disturbed by the the birth of Jesus. In more than one way. Yes. And, and And it goes on to say, and all Jerusalem with him. Why was Jerusalem disturbed? Because... Herod was disturbed. So if you know if, if the head of the household is disturbed, everyone is disturbed, right, Don? That's right. So that's kind of what was going on there. And so you see basically his reaction to uh to Jesus, to the person of Jesus coming into the world. And 
He said he had called together all the people, chief priests, teachers of the law. He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, uh, these are the three Magi, the three wise men that go to, are looking for Jesus, and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. What a snake. Mm-hmm. After they had heard the king, they went, uh, they, uh, excuse me, I'm having a hard time seeing. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with the mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. They turned to their country. They returned to their country by another way. Okay, so basically, this is collision number one. It's King Herod. Uh, give a grade Herod's response, Don. Give him a grade. Give him a grade? Teacher, yes. Well, I say F. <laughs> okay. For the simple fact yeah. is he was a deceiver, he was a liar, and he was planning on the killing yeah. of Jesus because he was being threatened yeah. because this was the king of kings and lord of lords, or is the king of kings and lord of lords, yeah, not yeah. was. And I think he was threatened, and I definitely give him an F for what he was trying to do. Okay. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to fail this guy. Fail. You failed, Herod. You're done. I don't have a fail. Well, you're, you're fired. We'll give an him F. an E for incomplete. And, <laughs> well, we're going to get rid of him no matter what we do. Because this, we is, this isn't the response we're looking for with Jesus, right? I mean, to kill him, right? Yeah. That's not. Do we see this today? Uh-huh. I mean, is yep. it, I, see, the whole point of this is to try to you know, ask him, is this, is this uh, response something that we see today? And I think it is, honestly, right? But they do it in a different way. They don't actually yeah. kill you, kill you, but they try to kill you well, they by do. taking yeah. you off of different floor mats. Yeah, be getting canceled. I mean, you mm-hmm. can see that going on today. I mean, it'll get to a point where it's, it's murder. I mean, they do, don't forget that, that Christians are persecuted more now than they ever have been in history, just in different parts of the world. So they are still trying to persecute Jesus. I was just immersed in an Islamic culture where, I mean, I didn't certainly feel a sense of excitement to go, you know, start proclaiming the gospel in the streets right there. To be quite honest, I get nervous here sometimes about the future in terms of what it might look like for people who truly preach the gospel in this culture. So, um, you know, I, it, it's, it goes back to me to Genesis Genesis chapter 3, where you see the fall and you see the, the seed of the serpent persecuting, mm-hmm. um, trying to destroy the seed, of, uh, the seed of Christ, the seed of the Messiah, the seed of the woman who would eventually crush his head. Right. Of course, it's not going to work. Um, it, it is kind of a reflection, by the way, of another Bible story, Don, uh, the, the, the persecution of Christ trying to kill him. Do you remember another Bible story where they're trying to kill babies? Trying to kill babies? Yeah. 
Yeah, Moses. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a reflection back to that a little Mm -hmm. bit. I think that's kind of what's going on there. There's a little bit of a, oh, this is true Israel. Jesus is true Israel who does what we are not able to do. Right. And so he's being persecuted the way Israel's people were once persecuted. Right. Right. Uh, and, and Moses was saved out of that, you know, and, and the, he was pulled from the water, from, mm-hmm. the, you know, from the water, kind of like baptism. You know? Right. So you, you also have this whole baptism metaphor that goes throughout the scriptures. Uh, the world was, the globe was covered in a baptism of water, Noah's flood. Right. Israel was baptized when they went through the parting of the Red Sea. So you mm-hmm. have this, this baptism idea that goes all through. But yeah, so Jesus is saved from the persecution of, of Herod. And, uh, and, and Herod, has, Herod has his response. Let's look at another response. This is the response of the shepherds. This is in Luke chapter 2. So we're going from Matthew chapter 2 to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to start reading in verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes or swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, this is the collision. This is the car crash. What sound effect? Thank you so much. Um, This is the car crash part. Suddenly, it's like a sudden car crash, Mm -hmm. right? I think this woke them up a little bit. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those with whom his favor rests. Amen. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. A little bit of a contrast, by the way, from Herod. Oh, definitely. We see a little contrast here. You got the you get the wise men, you get the shepherds, right? Herod is his response is terror. Yeah, because he thought he's gonna be overthrown. Yes. All of Jerusalem is alarmed, mm-hmm. right? Here, the shepherds initially they're terrified by the, right. the sight that they see, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second here. But they go and they're so excited that they go tell everybody. Right. So the lowly shepherds you know, which in a way could represent the appropriate response of the shepherds of Israel, right? the teachers of Israel, how they should have responded. You know, Jesus is the, the shepherd. He's the true shepherd of the sheep. But as a pastor, the word pastor means shepherd. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a shepherd of people. Or overseer. Yeah. So, so if, if you're one of our subscribers, you're one of our people, and uh, we love you. Amen to we're, that. We're looking over your soul. Um. So, you know, maybe a little bit, this is kind of like the appropriate response, metaphorically, of the way the, the shepherds of Israel should have responded. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
but it's it's it definitely stands in contrast to Herod, and I think you see a little bit of that going on. Right. Um, you see a little bit of that going on. Uh, it, it goes on to say, they were amazed at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, hint, hint, as, as, as to who the third collision is going to be. The shepherds uh, returned, so the Magi returned, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen uh, that were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Now, the name was probably Yeshua, mm-hmm. Joshua. Uh, Jesus is like a basically just a different pronunciation, transliteration through, the, through I don't know, I guess Latin and then Greek or something and English. Uh, the J sound that we have in the beginning is, is, it was originally a Y. J in English, Don, was like 800 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was pronounced Y. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's pronounced oh. yeah, and uh, it just we eventually started pronouncing it j in English. So even in English, if you go back far enough, it was more like Jesus, right? Or if in the Hebrew you go, the Hebrew was Yeshua, Joshua, uh, which is is a a word meaning salvation. The Lord saves, and one of the interesting things about that name is it's really like you know Jesus' name. It, his name means salvation. Mm-hmm. Right, you Amen. can't separate God from salvation. So I think that's kind of a pretty cool thing. So, uh, so anyways, we see him, we see Jesus coming to the world. We see these shepherds, and the interesting thing about the shepherds is that the shepherds had they experienced an appearance of a heavenly host. Now, when we think about angels, uh, we what do you think of when you think of angels? Just winged, winged beings. creatures, winged beings. I think a lot of people probably think of like precious moments. Oh, that, that's another one. Yeah, cute, cutesy, wootsy angels. Yeah, these weren't cutesy, wootsy. So the word host, okay, it doesn't mean like hospitable, like they were coming into your house. And you think of Martha Stewart. I guess she turned into a convict, so we won't use her. But <laughs> somebody that's a host, a good host, we'll use Martha Stewart because we believe in second chances. Our God is the God of second chances. Hosts. A host, a host is talking here about an army. Mm-hmm. So I want you to picture this: an army of winged creatures. Tell me about an army, Don. What's an army? Well, it could be a lot of different people, but I know uh, if you have a legion, yeah, that's two hundred of what? I mean, if when we use army, I mean, is this like a, a group of church people? Which, ironically, a church folk are the Lord's mm-hmm. army. But when we, an army, thousands. I mean, an army, yes, but what I'm saying is the word army conjures up certain images. When They're you say for war. army, you don't think church youth group. Yes, right. you, you think people who have, what are they carrying? Swords. Yes, swords, weapons. They're about to do battle or right. damage of some kind to the bad guys. Right. So, so just, you know, like, when, for example, when I was over in the Middle East and there was, like, we had to be escorted by an armed guard everywhere we went, or we would see people in military. It made me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Just being honest. Oh, yeah. I see people with big guns all around me. I mean, it, it makes me a little nervous. So now let's throw a little supernatural element into that, Dawn. When you see a supernatural army, supernatural army, mm-hmm. supernatural weapons. What? Just use your imagination for a minute. What do these weapons look like? What is this sight that they saw? 
It, I mean, if they could have had swords that looked like they were yeah. electrical, in yeah. other words, you know, like uh, lightning. Right. I mean, just in the fact of the being of themselves. This is something that I've tried to, when I read that passage, yeah. you imagine you're out there in a desert, so to speak, with your sheep, pitch black, yeah, maybe a few stars. All of a sudden, so I mean, a sh- it would have just taken a shooting star to get their attention. Here they are with this big, you know, to right. do, and they have one angel come, yeah, and start talking to them. Then all of a sudden, the whole sky lights up, and it's filled with probably thousands of angels that are around them. Yeah. Can you imagine how scared anybody would be to see that huge group? And it, the light yeah. would be tremendous. Yeah, might have left some skid marks in their trousers, maybe. Yeah, you know, probably more. I mean, in all, in all seriousness, I, I'm saying that kind of jokingly, but I mean, this—I'd have been scared to death. Again, this is Christmas collisions, right? And so we see a collision here, and I think we just read over it. We hear—I uh, think they read this passage, I think, from Luke uh, in the Charlie Brown Christmas, I think, uh, you know, 50 years ago mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's a little, it's a story that the kids read, but it's—it's it's, again, it's just a different side of what happens when God. If this God that we worship in the Bible, if he is actually making himself known to finite, flawed, sinful humanity. Broken people. Yes. What does it look like? It's, it's going to look like a little bit of a collision. It's not just, oh, God came to earth and he loves, he does, he loves you. That's why he came to earth. Right. That's why he suffered and died, because he loves you. But he had to suffer and die. And... We do, no matter how good we are, we're not good compared to God. No, and no so way. there's there's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a collision mm-hmm. course going on there, right? So uh, that's just the way it is. Um, so this is this is collision number two, and I think maybe just something you haven't thought of before in terms of uh, terms of what Christmas means, and you know maybe how there's a little bit of a this is this is kind of a big deal. Jesus coming to his people. Uh, the third and final entry that we're going to explore is also in Luke, and uh, it's the, the part that talks about uh, the birth of Jesus foretold and how, how the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. So we're in Luke chapter 1, taking a step back, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Mary's cousin who's pregnant with John the Baptist, Jesus, excuse me, God... We could also say Jesus. Jesus was in the womb, but he also sent the... the, (laughs) This is weird. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind... Of greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Yeshua. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So, Mary, you know, understanding what this meant, so to speak, about who Jesus was, says, how will this be? Mary asked him, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One will be born 
will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God can ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And this is the most beautiful part right here. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And the angel left her. Amen. So we have another collision course here. And, and and this is a bit of a collision course, right, Don? Yes. I mean, with a young lady, this, this is a bit of a collision course who has her whole future ahead of her. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you have kids that are teenagers, you don't want your teenagers to get pregnant. She's betrothed. But still, the, the context of when she, which she finds herself pregnant, uh, how will this be? How am I going to give birth to the Messiah? She understands, as a Jewish girl, she understands the promise of the Messiah being David's son. Mm-hmm. And who this when, when the angel Gabriel appears to her again, it says she was greatly troubled at his words initially in verse 29 and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. In, in other words, like... If I could interpret this a little bit, Mary initially is scared because, you know, again, we just talked about how these angels appeared to these shepherds right. and how that scared the heck out of them initially. With Mary, it's the same thing. She's like, okay, God is literally talking to me right now through an angel, but God's speaking to me. He thought enough to have this angel appear to me. I mean, what's your first thought sometimes when you hear... Did you ever have your wife call you, Dawn, and you're like, oh, boy, what did I do now? Yeah. Ever, I, <laughs> now what does she want? <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm wondering, like, if this isn't Mary's kind of thought process here. Like, you know, we, we have a consciousness of our own sin and sinfulness. Mm-hmm. So if God is going to appear to us, like, what's the nature of this visit? This vi- what's, what is prompting this visit from God? Just like some of us might wonder, why is our why is my husband calling me right now? Why is my wife calling me? Am I in trouble? Did I do something wrong? Uh, hopefully, you know, we're not thinking. Did she find out about this? Like Mary's maybe thinking in her mind, I'm not worthy to receive this visitation from the Lord because she's humble, and she's wondering what's the what's the nature of this visit? Uh oh, <laughs> the divine is visiting me. What's what's this all about? Right? Right. It could be I'm in trouble or yeah. it might be a blessing. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't know. What's what's going on here, Lord? And she's maybe nervous. And he goes yeah. on to he goes on to tell her what this is all about, which this is a collision. This is a Christmas collision. This right. is the, the the collision of the Christmas story, the car crash. Car crash number 3. Um and that got shorter by it, the way. It did. It should be bigger because this is the biggest one. <laughs> There's a little bit of an echo there. Was that better? Yeah, it was better. So, you know, this is this is really the biggest one. I mean, this gets dropped in Mary's lap. I mean, it's one thing. Herod's nervous because he's, you know, an egomaniac. Um, the, uh, the shepherds are initially nervous, initially scared, but then they're excited. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mary's got to carry this child. Like, she's got to go through days or weeks while Joseph's figuring out what's going on. She doesn't know if people's going to believe her. Gabriel doesn't also say, hey, you know, Mary, though, don't worry about it. You're doing this for God. We took care of everything for you. It's all good. Uh, we put a we put a thing out in the, in the, the Nazareth news saying, don't worry. You're going to see this young girl. She's going to be pregnant, but it's all good. It's all good. She wasn't out sleeping with people. 
Joseph, you don't don't worry about it, man. So Mary, your your provision will be taken care of, and all. No. Well, back then, didn't they stone women? Yeah, this got dropped. This was a big, huge dump truck that got dumped right. in her lap. She could have got stoned for this. So again, you you think you think about a young person, right? Having this kind of uh, having this kind of thing happen, and wow, the faith of this young woman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, she even told the angel, didn't she? Let it be done to yeah, that the was, Lord's handmaiden as he wills. Yeah, let, let it be done I to mean, me as you will. Yeah, she just humbly yeah. accepted this. Yeah, and she gulped, mm-hmm. accepted it. I mean, it wasn't, she understood. This shows you the incredible faith of Mary. And she understands what the promise is. How many of us, if... God were to give us a difficult task, would do it, number one, but would do it without complaining. <laughs> Probably all of us would complain. Yeah, and so here's Mary, the Lord's appearing to her, mm-hmm. and she. Uh, this, is the, this is the kicker. She understands this is Messiah that she's giving birth to. She's carrying. She understands the consequences. But she don't care. But she's willing to serve God. She mm-hmm. doesn't care about yeah. She's willing to serve God. Right. Yeah. That's her first and foremost. And uh, so, wow, wow, wow. So I, I think we we've got three great uh, sort of people that we can. We've got three great benchmarks we can sort of bounce our ourselves off of this this Christmas season when we're looking at the mirror. Who do who do we line up with? Um, Herod. The Magi, they wanted to worship God. There's a few people that they, they got kind of put into my little sermon here as, uh, as, as B characters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, supporting cast. Um, although they, you could make movies about them in and of themselves, like the wise men, you know. Um, uh, Joseph was another one. I mean, there's another act of faith. Initially, you know, he doesn't, it's not until he hears from God through a dream that he's able to really accept all that's, that's going on. But he does accept it with faith. Well, he was going to put her away secretly yeah. until the angel came to him yeah. and told him what was going on. Right. So so that's that's the moral of the story, folks, that uh, Jesus, that little baby, he rocked the world when he mm-hmm. came into it 2,000 years ago. Definitely. Uh, so much so that we keep time by the coming into existence of this person uh, who was also fully God, fully God and fully man. So... Um, you know, some of these things, we can't quite wrap our mind around them. The Word of God, the Son of God becoming flesh, uh, tenting, that's, that's the word in John, like the Hebrews tented in the wilderness. God is tenting. He's cloaked himself in human form. Uh, he's, he's eternally existed as the Father and the Son. So, um, you know, some of these things doctrinally, this is an important doctrine, I think, maybe to celebrate at Christmas time. The doctrine of the Trinity, right. the doctrine of the nature of Christ, fully God and fully man. These are things that uh, the early church, um, the second, third generation church, sort of hammered out for us so that we can understand them today. But we celebrate these things at Christmas, and this this is the Jesus that we celebrate. But uh, he's he's on a collision course. Amen. He's on a collision course with, with all of us. And so how do we interact with this baby Jesus uh, do we give him our life? Do we worship him the way the Magi did? Do we reluctantly go along uh, once God speaks to us in a vision? 
uh, like Joseph did instead of, you know, and, and obviously not taking anything away from Joseph, but, but maybe just to kind of liken it to the way some of us are sometimes. Instead right. of, you know, saying, God, what are you doing in this? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. When something happens in your life, do you say, God, what are you doing in this? Or do you assume that it's bad news and you act accordingly to uh, control the situation? Right. Dam- damage control, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then we cause more damage with our damage control. Um, do you act like uh, the shepherds? The shepherds are, are excited. In contrast to Herod, there's probably some Herods listening right now, right? Oh, I would imagine so. You know, um, in contrast to here, you've got the shepherds. They're excited. They're great evangelists. They're the ones who go around telling everybody, yeah. right, about what they saw and heard. And, and, and so that's pretty cool. And, and there's Mary. Mary, who, uh, young girl, accepts maybe the highest calling of all time. Yep. Young girl. You, you tell me God can't use young people, that young people aren't important, that this generation is lost. That's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, God wants to use this generation. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's going to. Otherwise, there would be no people left. God right. wants, you know, God, God has, I, I'm hoping that the one that's out there listening right now is Mary. And uh, there's probably a little bit of each of these characters in us because, you know, we can see oh, yeah. uh, kind of how we respond to different situations in life and things like that. But, uh, you know, let's, let's just try to do the best we can to serve God with a faithful heart the way that Mary did. And I want to encourage you, if you have never come to know the risen Christ, it's a personal relationship that you enter into with Jesus and with this baby born in a manger, I want to encourage you. All you need to do is say this prayer with me right now. That's all you need to do. Bible makes it easy. Uh, it explains that faith is what pleases God. Even though we might persecute and push Jesus away, um, God still loves us. He died to forgive us because he loved us. I don't know why, but he did. And all God requires of us not is perfection. He doesn't require moral perfection because he knows we're not perfect, and he knew we weren't going to be perfect when he created us. What he does require is faith, just to say, yes, Lord, I believe in your promises, and I feel like there's nothing more Christmassy than that. So this Christmas season, God gave us the greatest gift. Receive his gift. Don't be arrogant. Don't say, I'm not going to say that prayer. Don't say, I don't need Jesus in my life. Yes, you do, and you know you do. You know you need to be secure in where your soul is going after you die because you're going to die one day. Herod was doing everything he could to preserve his kingdom, to preserve the right now. Mm -hmm. But that only takes you so far. Jesus will preserve your forever. He will take care of you throughout all eternity. And even in in the meantime, while you're waiting for that promise to be fulfilled, because he's going to resurrect you one day like he was resurrected bodily, and all those who believe in him, and we're going to live with him forever on a renewed creation, um, while you're waiting for that, you still have his presence now, while you're waiting, even in an imperfect Amen. world. And so Jesus helps us to get through uh, what we're going through right now. So... So basically the way it works is it, the Bible says all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I know this sounds like a crazy Christmas present for you, but if, if you just reach out to Jesus with faith, Yeshua, the Lord saves, the Lord will save you. He will reach back and he will save you. And I, he did this in my life. He did this mm-hmm. in your life, Don. He did this in the lives of, of countless of you who are listening right now. And he wants to do it for you as well. So if you've never received Jesus, I want to encourage you just to say this prayer with me right now. Lord God, I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I believe 
in Jesus, it's hard for me to understand everything the Bible teaches. But I do believe that you sent your son to die on the cross, and I, I, and I am convinced of that. I also believe, as crazy as it sounds, that he died and then rose again three days later. And so I ask that Jesus, I ask that Jesus to come into my heart, that Jesus that was born by a virgin in a manger to come into my heart and save my life. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. If you did say that prayer, I want to congratulate you and say, hey, welcome to the family, fam. Welcome to the gospel family, the kingdom family. Uh, You just gave me and Dawn the greatest Christmas present of all time. So we congratulate you. And uh, I do also want to remind you that there's still time to give this year. Before, Before January 1st, 2023. Uh, you can give to Gospel Ministries. We do uh, take everything that we have, and we use that uh, as resources to uh, to promote the, the gospel message, not only digitally and online like we're doing now and you're partaking from, but we also support churches and missionaries who are spreading the gospel and giving Bibles away to new believers every single day. So uh, I want to encourage you to give, if you haven't already, to Gospel Ministries. There's still time to do a year-end offering. Uh, anything that you do is tax deductible. Go to PastorAJ.com, and there's just a link there that says Partner with Pastor AJ. You can give a one-time gift. You can give uh, on a regular basis and set it up to be auto- automatic. Uh, during Before the end of the year, I will give you a piece of the rock, a piece of Sinai. This is your little... This is your little gift, your little token that I personally brought back with me from the crest of the rock. Uh, This is from the summit of Sinai, possibly where Moses received the Ten Commandments. It's a little piece of the blackened peak. Uh, And it's also some sand from the Red Sea crossing, both both sides, from the Saudi side and from the Egyptian side, uh, where God made the miracle. And God does... Still do miracles, right, Don? Amen, all the time. Uh, And Christmas is such a reminder of that. So uh, if we haven't said it already, Merry Christmas. We love you. And uh, we will see you in 2023. Wow. We love you. God bless you. And see you next time. Now that's a Christmas collision. How am I going to fix that?